What's going on, guys? Welcome to season two, episode four of Serendipity Podcast. Want to talk to him about what we're going to discuss today, Oak? Yes, sir. We're going to get into some rather interesting would you rather scenarios. Yes, sir. And then we're going to talk about how important it is to locate your ego in every moment, every situation, every day, all day. Indeed, indeed. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Serendipity with Inky Johnson across all podcast platforms. Be sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace. Peace. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Serendipity Podcast. I'm Ink. I'm Oak. What's happening, folk? Man, we greatly appreciate your time. We're going to get right into it, man. Um, you know, Oak, I'm interested in, you know, how you start your day, right? Like your routine, how you started out, what gets you going. Like when Oak wakes up, as you would say, when your feet hit the floor in the morning, how you start yeah. your day? Um, it gets real simple for me. Yeah. Put my feet on the floor and put my shoes on. Mm. And uh, literally I have to walk. Yeah. Even if it's raining, um, you know, anyone that knows me or you know, stayed at the house or whatnot, they know that my door going to crack open around 4.30, 24.35, and I'm going to be outside. Yeah. And um, the reason I do that is, to me, that's the quietest time of the day. And that's when, uh, you know, I can get my meditation in. I can get my walk in, whatever it is that's going on, whether I'm sad, mad, happy, glad, uh, talk on the phone, you know, if somebody's up at 445, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whichever way the spirit leads me. So, yeah. you know, it's like for me, I just believe in in getting in the flow, getting in the moment, mm-hmm. uh, allowing myself to be present. So I'm walking, okay. I'm walking. And, um, yeah. you know, that's that's where I can I can get real clear. Yeah, I remember like with you guys, this is my first year teaching. Right. And we used to have to write lesson plans. Or mm-hmm. still, you know, teachers still do have to write lesson plans. And um, generally, you write them for the week, and and you know, go through Monday through Friday, and write them again over the weekend or Sunday or whatnot. But I I would write mine every day, mm. and that's when I would write the lesson plans when I would walk. Yeah. So I didn't know what I was going to hit y'all with. I knew the topic in terms of math. But of course, you know, we we were doing some other than just mathematics. And so it would be maybe a field that you guys had going on or or later on, all of my classes, in terms of their interaction, where they were, that maybe, you know, they may need a word. I may need to ask them a question. I may need a word from them, you know, just being open to whatever the universe, whatever the the spirits had for me. Um, So I would just, I just open my heart. Mm-hmm. To to hearing, yeah. Uh, by by walking, walking. I, I've always done it, even yeah. as a little boy. Um, I would get up and I would go shoot basketball mm. in the dark. Sun didn't came up yet, just shooting. All I could see was the white part of the nets. My mom would fuss at me, but you waking us up, yeah, dribbling yeah, that ball, that boom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but really, and I came came to realize as I got older, that was my time for me. Yeah. And, you know, when I worked further away from home, when I had a longer drive, that drive, I like driving by myself in the mornings, walking by myself. I would get to school like with you. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I would have to get there when you started coming. I had to get there earlier than you so I could get my time. Yeah. 
you know. No doubt. Um, I remember like at at uh, Young, me and Coach Woods would go in and we would battle, just like you and I. And then we talk, chop it up. All of that, that's part of just getting my spirit right. So yeah. the mornings is is really my time. No doubt. Because I, I, I feel like, you know, after that, after my interaction with people, I'm giving it to them, giving mm-hmm. them what I got. But um, when I... I, I I must make sure that I'm good. And there when I haven't done that, I've paid the price for it. Yeah. 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 I believe in that, man. I believe in like being intentional. Yeah. Like I start off my day with these little quote cards, but it's not just about the quotes. It's about being intentional about the energy, the mindset, the disposition, the attitude. But also it helps me start dialogue sometimes with my children. Mm-hmm. With my wife, sometimes I might send it to you. Yeah. Like people yeah. that, you know, I value and I care about. Just hearing different people's perspective first thing in the morning, if it's a thought that I got. But also just getting up, man, and happening in life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I think it's powerful. Like that quote a couple of weeks ago, it said, gratitude in advance is one of the most powerful creative forces on the planet. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you mm-hmm. say to most people, gratitude in advance, how can you be grateful for something that hasn't happened yet? And I'm like, that's the whole purpose. Right. When I get up in the morning, I'm making a decision. Mm-hmm. All right, today going to go like this. Yeah. Right? If I encounter this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to respond this way. I get a choice of how I respond. Right. But in the morning is where those decisions are made. I believe if I get up every single day and I just walk out the door, no prayer, no meditation, no quote cards, man, I'll be all over the place. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Because life coming. Yes. Yeah, right? You yeah, get to the light. Yeah. Cat might, you get to the light. Cat might ride up to you, shoot your bird, talk right. crazy to you. Want a couple of dollars oh, or whatever. It don't but matter. if you're in your space and place, before that even happens, I think yeah. it's something powerful and it allows you to focus on what you got to accomplish and what you got to do. And so I'm with you on that type of time. And, and yeah, like for me, you know, one of my, one of my go-tos or two of my go-tos Three of my go-tos mm-hmm. is uh, uh, William Brothers, still here. Yeah, Cooling Waters, Cooling Waters, and Stevie Wonder ass. Mm. Most people think the name of the song is Always because he's like, I'll be loving you always, right? But the name of the song really is Ass. So, and I listen to Ass all the way through, and it always just renders the gamut from how powerful the Creator is, yeah, to how powerful my folks are that came before me. And how powerful I am for the folks that are gonna come after me, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my direct. That's my thing, you know. Being in the lineage, and then creating the legacy. That's that's my, that's me, you know. Mm-hmm. I've always talked about that, and in, in terms of I'm doing this because somebody did it for me, paying 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 them back, paying them forward type thing. But uh, those three songs, and not necessarily every morning, yeah. But that, those my anchors yeah. when I'm walking. Boom, boom. I'm gonna listen to that. Then it may spark something hit somebody on the phone or might hit a text or I just start talking to myself. Yeah. And um and and it just that morning it, it'll start about about five most mornings. Mm-hmm. And if I have to work, um I go shoot free throws. Yeah. Like I don't I don't really play basketball anymore. Um but I go shoot free throws. That that's again grounds me, gets my consistency going. Yeah. Gets me just in a place of okay not going to be wavered, just being anchored down. And it can be anything for anybody, just as long as you figure out what's, what it is, what it is for you. Yeah, I love I love that word, though, that anchor word, because you shared that with me. I remember I called you one time, man, and I was like, man, this going on, this going on, 
And that's when we first got into the you issue stuff. Yeah. But you was like, hey, man, you got to find your anchor. You got to find what brings you back to center. Right. Like every single day you got to tap into that. And that's helped me a ton, man, just as I navigate throughout life as a father, as a husband, and as a man. So I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that morning <laughs> thing is, is, is serious. I saw you about to say something. Huh? I said, I saw you about to say right. something when you thought about it. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. Now, this Let's do this, it. this is um one of the things I was thinking about in, in terms of we're back to uh rearing young people, raising young people, mm-hmm. if you will. I was I was hit up, my partner hit me up. He was like, You know it's rearing, right? Not raising. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, man, you know I know that. Yeah. I, I went you to said Clark- it during the drop right. a few I, times. You I, said you know, it, yeah. I, I went to Clark Atlanta University now. Why watch that? Yeah. Um but in terms of rearing young people, what do you think, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be your own children, but what do you think young people need to learn? What lesson, what principle do young people need to learn first? I would say either obedience or submission. You better talk. Right. Don't talk on it. And so You act like I don't talk to you before. Yeah, yeah, a lot, <laughs> a lot. That's where I get it from. Either obedience or submission, right? And the reason that I say obedience, in a good book it says obedience is better than sacrifice. Oftentimes, as people, just our nature as a person, if we go in pursuit of something, if we do something, if we're connected to something, the mm-hmm. first thing we do is judge the level of sacrifice without first being obedient. Mm-hmm. When we talk submission, we're talking about submitting to a process, submitting to a person that has your best interests at heart, submitting to things that you feel can help navigate and get you to the places that you aspire to get to. And so when I speak submission, I submit it to a lot of people in my life. And I think it helped culminate and shape me into the man that I now am. Right. When I speak obedience, being obedient to the processes of life with what Mm -hmm. I aspire to do, dreams, goals and aspirations. And so I would say with young people, those two, no particular order. Right. right? right. I know you said one, but I would say either one of those for me, obedience or submission. What Mm -hmm. about yourself? Well, you you know the answer um, in terms of submission, because um, I I think I would I would say submission even before obedience because I think you need to submit to be obedient. Gotcha. Like it's yeah. it's it's really um, the more the moment that young people or that any of us get to the place where we think we are 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 equal to. Mm-hmm the lesson that's being taught to us equal to the people who are teaching the lesson, then that's when we begin to miss the lesson. Mm. Like we always, my dad used to say, right, you know, I'm just old as you right now as I was the day you were born. Mm. What that, that began, I had to see it is that that correlation, that relationship never closed. Yeah. He was always elder. I was always son. So, Throughout that process, whatever he was putting down, I was picking up. No doubt. So when you get to the point where you stop picking up what somebody's putting down, then what you're saying is they're no longer your elder. Yeah. So what you're saying is now you've gotten all the lessons you're yeah. supposed to get from them. You figured it out. You done figured it out. Yeah. So eventually, if you have that mindset, there is one omnipotent mm-hmm. um, being yeah. that you can't help but to get to and feel like some, at one at some point, if enough time goes by, I can be God then. Yeah. Yeah. If I can close that distance. Yeah. So Daniel's son, Mr. Miyagi now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so 
the, yeah. the 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 point about submission is it always allows you to get better. The one, the moment that you stop figure, feeling like you can't get any more from someone mm-hmm. or from situation or you can't get the lesson or you got the fullness of the lesson right. is the moment that you're going to stop growing, stop developing, right? Mm-hmm. Stop reaching or, 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 or walking toward that place called self-mastery. Yeah. So it has to be submission. Yeah, it's it's funny, man, that you say that in terms of like self-mastery, in terms of being a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. in terms of just when you're around somebody that gives you knowledge and experience, right? Like when you're young, right? Like you hear people say it takes 21 years to become 21. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's always that space and place as young people. I hit it. I've watched my little sisters hit it, watched my cousins hit it. You always hit that space and place to where... You feel like when somebody start giving you advice, I don't know what age it is. Somewhere in that teenage to young adult phase. You know what I'm saying? 22, sir. Yeah, to I where got about six of in my life that. <laughs> when we cats start talking to you, you feel like you got the answer. Yeah. And you know, yeah. right? It's almost like driving, but a cat can never spot the blind spots. Right. Right? And when you try to tell it to them sometimes or you try to share certain things, I firmly believe experience and time bring certain things to situations and people that knowledge can't. Exactly. Right? Exactly, right, right. And when you stop being a lifelong learner or trying to learn from people that care about you, important to you, you can have all the book knowledge in the world, mm-hmm. right? You can have all type of knowledge. But without experience, the knowledge has no foundation and no legs to stand on. Right. Right? You, you can't, you can't, um, you really can't reteach it. Mm. Right? Yeah. And people... I often say, you know, do as I do, not as I say. Some people say do as I say, not as I do. And I believe this is what just me personally, right? I can say anything and I can do anything. Yeah. Right? That may not be the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. But I cannot teach you what I don't believe in who I'm who I'm not. Mm. Yeah, that's good. What you teach is what you really believe. Yeah, is who good. you are. That's true. That's true. You can. I mean, you. I can. You can make a man say anything. Yeah. You can fix your mind to where you can go and do anything. Yeah. Right. But at the core of you, is what is what you're going to teach. Yeah. Because you're teaching even when you're not thinking about it. You're teaching even when you're not cognizant of it. You're teaching when you're being. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that is that is the essence of. Of who you are. Yeah. That's it. You cannot teach who you're not. Right. That's good. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking, ain't people, um, we, t- we talk about uh, asking questions and mm-hmm. understanding. Yeah. I got this question for you. Gotcha. I don't know. Uh, would you rather be liked or respected? Would I rather be liked or respected? Uh, hmm. You know, one would say, one would say respected, but oftentimes when you when you walk down the road of wanting to be respected, is it really respect or is it just ego? Right, because when you talk. 
man, you got to respect me. Yeah. Oftentimes in the situation that you demand respect from, oftentimes your ego flares up and overpowers your intelligence. Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about, you know, being liked, I think it puts you in a different space and place because when a person likes you, I think they like you for who you are, right? It's almost like character versus reputation, mm-hmm. right? Your reputation sometimes precedes you. Your character is who you really are. And so when a person likes you, I think they're saying that I like who you are. Like mm-hmm. I like I like the person that you are, right? When you talk respect, I think you're getting into a space and place to where when you're trying to demand respect, right, is that your real character or is that your ego that you're speaking of? And so I would say liked because mm-hmm. oftentimes when, when you're talking respect, respect is one thing, but I think if a person likes you, they already respect you. And and if 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 whomever is hearing this, some folks gonna really be disagreeing with you, young blood. Yeah, it's all good because we're taught. Yeah, respect. You gonna respect Absolutely. me? Yeah, put some respect on put my some name. Respect on it. All <laughs> three of y'all. All three of y'all. Right. Put some respect on it. What that? Yeah. For me, what I I hear when I hear somebody double down on respect. Yeah. Is that they're seeking something? There's yeah. a need. There's a void. There's something that's lacking. Right. Right. Which means there's some healing that has to take place somewhere. Right. When we talk about being liked, to me, if I'm if I am being a representation of God, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't I be liked? Mm. Yeah. Like my aim in life is to be liked by everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Not because who they are, right. but because That's of who me. I'm representing. I got you. I got you. It's the source from which I come from, Lucy Lee, Annie Mo, yeah, Lewis, yeah, Bun Junior, yeah. Coming from that place, coming from those folks, those being my forefathers, then coming from my ancestors, mm-hmm. yeah, and being the answer to the prayers that they had to God. Why wouldn't I want to be liked? Why shouldn't I be liked? Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. It ain't about other people. I said, would I rather be liked? Right. Meaning, am I likable? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? It's not so much of I'm trying to please everybody else Yeah. and be over here. No, 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 no. That's not like. That's not the like I'm talking about. Yeah. And then the other part of that is when that question is asked, I've heard it asked, like, would you rather be love? Do you value love or respect? Mm-hmm. Right? The reason I took love out of it yeah. is because like and respect are man-given. Gotcha. Love is given from a source, the creator. Yeah. So love is just is. Right. You know, love it is. is. Yeah. Right. There's no there's no back forth, there's no in and out about it. Right. But like is a choice. Mm-hmm. So like, um what was the question we were just talking about before we came on? In terms of Would you would you um like or need it or something? Yeah, would you yeah, want yeah, yeah. would would you rather be Want it or need it? Want it or need it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you that's, rather for people to heavy. want you? That's heavy. Or need you? Hey, look. Let me let me touch on on this last thing with like or respect it. Okay. If a person respects themselves, why do they need your respect? Right. Right. Yep. That's that's how I think about respect, and that's why I tie it back to ego oftentimes. Because mm-hmm. if I respect myself, and I'm secure in who I am as a person. Why do I need your respect so much? Right. 
Why do I value your respect so much? Not saying that I discredit it, but I'm not going to pipe up and demand your respect if I already respect myself Mm -hmm. and I'm secure in who I am as a person. I value who I am as a person. I know where I come from, my lineage as a person. And so when we talk like and respect, it made me think of that. Yeah. But this next one. Yeah, this next one, what you just said. Do you? That's Do you? That's heavy. Prefer to be needed or wanted? Touch on it. You touch. I don't, I don't touch, know. Touch. Like, like you say, I don't know, man. I don't know. Needed or wanted, right? Yeah. And because any... Any aspect, like from a romantic aspect, from a friendship aspect, from any type of transactional aspect, from human relations. Yeah. Initially, you know, I said needed, right? Because I was thinking in terms of, like, I was thinking the dynamics and pulling back the layers of it, right? I wasn't just thinking in terms of relationship um, between man, woman, 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 man, man. I wasn't thinking about it just in those terms. I was thinking about it in terms of, Okay, does a young man need his father? Young lady need a mother, right? And I was talking about being needed, right? And then you broke it down from a different perspective in terms of being like that was very interesting and it altered my perspective. And so if you don't mind sharing that. In terms of, uh, as I said, my thing is freedom. Yeah. Right? My thing is choice. Uh, I come from self-efficacy. Yeah. Like, Everything is a you issue. Right. So for somebody to make a decision mm-hmm. to love me, to make a decision to want me. Right. And when I mean mean in in my, my presence, being around me, mm-hmm. you know, my advice or whatever, for somebody to make that choice and make that decision holds way more power than them having a need. Because when you in need, you'll almost take anything. Yeah. Right? right. If I if I need five dollars, somebody can get so desperate where they can they'll take five dollars from selling crack. Right. Right. If they're in need. If you in if you in need. Right. You can justify a lot of needs. But when it's won't, that is you making a choice such that the result of that choice you can live with, be at peace with. Yeah. It's 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 now you walking in the divine. Yeah. Right? So, and when you're in need, now you're kind of trying to figure out your ego. Yeah. Because why do you need it? Hmm. You know, that's, that's it, man. I, I, I'd rather for somebody to, um, to make the decision to want to be with me, yeah. to be around me, to, to want something that I have to offer. Yeah. Not necessarily not to need it. Not to need it. No. That's no. good. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it that way, man. Obviously, because of, you know, when you think need and you come up and you hear the word so much, right? When it comes to family dynamic, when it mm-hmm. comes to certain relationship, you just hear the word need so much, right? If you see dysfunction in the family or you see a young man, right, acting a certain way, displaying a certain behavior, he needs his father mm-hmm. or he mm-hmm. needs his mother and his father in the household. He needs stability at home. Mm-hmm. He needs it, right? And so you hear this word so much that oftentimes you think need in terms of, all right, he needs this, right? But when you spoke about need, you said anybody can fulfill that need yeah. based upon what the need is. Because oftentimes when a person needs something, they're in a place of, I want to use the word desperation, but they're in a space and place to where they'll accept anything, mm-hmm. right? Want, I want you, 
That's different. Yeah. Like I wanted my wife right. from a young right. age. I wanted her, right? right? Not necessarily right. just needed. I wanted her. But it's certain spaces and places in my life now as a man, I feel as if I need her. You need her now. I need her now. Mm. But I still want her. Right. But it's spaces and places to where I feel as if you feel as I though. need her mm-hmm. in certain mm-hmm. spaces and places. And are you saying you need her for for what uh, she offers you? Are you mm-hmm. are you saying you need her so that she can be who she, the best of who she's supposed to be? I would say I would hope that is interconnected. But I'm speaking from the perspective of. I feel as if I need her because she helps make me a better man mm-hmm. in the capacity that our family and our life is in, mm-hmm. right? With the hopes that her making me a better man somehow feeds her as my spouse, as mm-hmm. a mother. But I feel as if I need her because in our space and place in life, it helps me become better. Right. But I still want it. I hear you. And I don't know if I would categorize that as need. Okay. Because need suggests if it wasn't there, I could not move on. Gotcha. I got right? you. Um, so I don't know if you need Allison as much as it is your desire or your want for her has increased. Hmm. Yes. To where that want can be so great to where it feels like a need. Yeah. Yeah. I got Because I think in, in, in a lot of cases, um, we misconstrue want for need. Hmm. I can see that. We say, man, I need this, man, I need this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to make it real simple in terms of, man, I need those shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, something superficial, right? No I need those shoes. I need this. I need this. Like, I need my dad. Mm-hmm. When he passed, I was like, man, I need my dad. Yeah. No, I wanted my dad. I didn't need my dad because the creator going to always supply me with the resources that I need. Yeah. Right. Right. I wanted him because it was a level of comfort because of, you know, our interaction, because of I'm about to be a father as an adult, you know, those type things of why I thought I needed. Yeah. So when we say when we say we need something, I think it's just a heightened desire of want. Yeah. Because again, need a need can be met, right? Because you can eat collard greens or you can eat a bowl of grits. Yeah, if you if you home, right? The need will be met. met. But what do you want to eat? Yeah, that's more fulfilling. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's that's for me, man. That that whole want, um, I love that is 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 way more powerful. Like I want to love you. Yeah. Not that I need to love you. I want you to want me. Mm-hmm. Not I need you to want me. Yeah. Because yeah, in that the case, you take anything to walk by. Yeah. No, that's that's it, right? That's why I'm choosing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now but it, it is. Like, you don't need me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need me. You need me. That's right. what they going to say, yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. Eat the cake, anime. No, Eat man. Eat the cake, anime. <laughs> Nobody needs you, man. Nobody needs you. Because that's now that you go back to serving that ego. Yeah. Right? Because you feel like somebody needs you. So that you ego of that. beast, though. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. No. We ain't going there yet. That ego of We're beast. We're not going there yet, <laughs> man. ego of beast, man. You know. Yeah. 
of speaking of ego, right? Yeah. I always say, anytime you find yourself uh, discombobulated, uncomfortable. Yes, sir. Upset. Mm-hmm. Angry. Uh, way too excited. Yeah. Uh, all of those different kind of emotion, emotional places that we find ourselves in. I think to get back to the to center or the anchor is is as my one of my partners would say, you know, locate your ego. Yeah. In every moment, locate your ego. Yeah. Not saying check it. Right. Because you may not okay. be able to. You yeah. might you you genuinely are upset. Absolutely. And it's right. valid. It Maybe there's a valid case for you being upset. Yeah. Yet in that moment, you're still trying to lo- just where's my ego right now? My ego is over there. I know where it is. So yeah. this what I'm doing, what I'm about to do, what I'm about to say, I can own it. Yeah. I can own these actions. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because I located my ego. And I know this is crazy. I know this is all the way messed up. Mm-hmm. Or I know this is some wonderful stuff that I'm about to do, I'm about to say, I'm about to help somebody. I'm about to you know, be a blessing to somebody yeah. or I'm about to act a plum fool. Yeah. But I know that on the front end. Mm-hmm. Now what happens? The more you know that. Yeah. And the more you grow and mature, the less the acting a fool part is going to occur. Yeah. And the more you being a blessing is going to occur. Absolutely. The more you're going to help somebody is going to occur. The more you're going to be just a good person is going yeah. to occur. No doubt. Right. But it won't happen, it can't happen until you first locate your ego. Yeah, because, you know, when you locate it, you become cognizant, mm-hmm. right? And I think oftentimes, like I'll never forget the first time you told me about it, and I mentioned it on um, Earn Your Leisure podcast, you know, the good brothers Rashad and Troy. But we talked about locating your ego. Yeah. And they was like, man, locating it. Like, lo- lo- locating it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, locating it, right? And basically, in the midst of situations, circumstances, dialogue, locating it, yeah. right? Because the ego can flare up at any minute mm-hmm. with something that a person said, something that a person did. And when you talk locating it, like, man, that thing, every single day, that ego going to be present. Right. But right. like you said, what happens when you become more cognizant of locating your ego, it puts you in a different space and place of growth. Right. Because yeah. every dialogue you have, every situation and circumstance you have, if you're thinking, all right, my ego, it, it's about to come. All right. Locate it. Boom. Right. Acknowledge right. it. Right. Boom. That's it. Got it. That's it. Right. You That's either going to pipe down or you're going to press forward. Yep. But you're cognizant that what this is. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, that's good. I don't know if it's easy, but it's good. No, 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 no. It ain't. It's, yeah. it's definitely not easy. But I think it can become easier Absolutely. when it becomes part of the dialogue. No question. You know, it's it's like um, when I was at Long Middle School, it was it was a circle of us brothers, and we had enough communication, we had enough dialogue amongst each other. Like every morning after we would send the kids to a uh, homeroom, yeah, we would stand out, just circle them in, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and just chop it up. You know, anything, anything, life, school, school, sports, whatever. Right. That was just us. Our spirits just interacting. Yeah. So then there are always occasions where a kid may have said something crazy off the wall to me. Right. And I'm about to take it down. Right. So locating my ego, Rob might be like, 
Hey, I got him. I got him. I'm good. Let me let me handle him, Mitch. Yeah. That was him standing in that stead. That's was that's what locating your ego looks like on a physical level. I say it's we call it accountability. Absolutely. Right? But when it's just you, then you got to within yourself be like, oh, okay, man, I'm about to, I'm I'm finna trip. I'm tripping right now. Yeah. And whatever come of it, comes of it. Yeah. But now when I begin to have that conversation with myself, whatever comes of it, comes of it. But now I got a family. But now I got this responsibility. Then that allows you to pipe down a little bit. Yeah. Right. So it's it's the process of you being able to hold yourself accountable. How necessary oh, was those uh, dialogues with that group of men? Man, I look forward look forward to it every day. Yeah, I promise you. And was and, it the camaraderie in the group, or yeah. or the content, or just both? It it really was both, but it really was the camaraderie. Yeah, because the content, you know, you can always kind of get the content. Phone call, a couple of y'all get together, whatever. Yeah. But the camaraderie in that moment, in that space, with that energy, morning, one of those morning routines mm -hmm. of getting yourself getting your mind right is something that we would do yeah. um and i think it kind of made all of us better absolutely you know so yes i i look forward to it every day in fact yeah. miss it miss it to this day no doubt i'm gonna tell you why i asked that right and we're talking locating your ego and we're talking camaraderie in a group and you said present day we often call it accountability but oftentimes i feel as if if we got groups of people around us Right. Mm -hmm. And we have established communication when we get in certain situations. If we got a group already present that we engage in dialogue with every single day, we talk to every single day when the ego is flaring up or we find ourselves in compromising situations and the cat say, hey, I got it, bro. You tripping. A person is more often open to receiving. Yes. But yeah, oftentimes yeah. when we talk accountability, right, in exchange. All right, man, I'm gonna hold you accountable and you hold me accountable. Right. Mm -hmm. And it comes a certain way mm -hmm. when it comes a certain way. Oftentimes a cat might allow the behavior to diminish the message. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And won't mm -hmm. receive it. I find this oftentimes with a lot of young people. Right. When you're Talk talking to them and you're trying to holler at them and you're trying to give them some advice, some insight, not trying to change. I ain't trying to change you. I'm trying to change who you are. Right. But if I went down the road and I made a mistake because of my ego, if I see you headed in that same direction, and I come at you and you ain't hearing me. And then I come at you a little harder, right? With a different behavior, different tone, right? It may be my ego, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to prevent your ego from making a mistake. Right. A cat will right. block it and allow the behavior to diminish the message. And so when we talk accountability and we talk camaraderie, I think that's something that's vital yeah. present day yeah. in every aspect of life, right? There has to be a level, uh, a certain degree of fellowship. Right. That must happen on the front end, mm -hmm. which is what that was. That was just the seed of now when when we go and get into battle of educating young people and all of what comes with that on a day to day basis. Yes. We we're able to say, hey, hold on, I got it. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen cases in times where uh, a person is so upset. That even the person that they love and they know got their back, they will almost want to fight them mm -hmm. to manifest their ego, yeah. to manifest their anger. Absolutely. To manifest their frustration. Absolutely. Right. That's how big it can get. It can be like wildfires in California right now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Where no amount of water. Right. You can't even accumulate enough water to put it out. Yeah. Right. So 
but if you got the seed of fellowship, just checking in with one another, just seeing each other, hanging out, nothing, no pretenses. Yeah. Then now what's being forged here is um, a relationship to where I can say, all right, I got it. And yeah. you be like, you better get him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, hey, you know what I thought about with that? I was a little boy. My mama used to say, you better get him. I already know right. what's coming behind right. it. Exactly. She's trying to spare you. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. So, but who she saying it to, whether that was one of her brothers or, uh, you know, somebody, yeah. she had a level of trust in them that what they were going to step in and do was going to be commensurate to what you was going to, I mean, what she was going to do, mm-hmm. right, to get the lesson, for you to get the lesson, whatever. So it's really the connection between the two grown folks. Yeah. You just the benefactor of it. I got you. Yeah. I got you. I want to ask you a question, Oak. I ain't got Can't no answer. I ain't, me, got no answer. I ain't got no answer. Can't ask me this the other day, right? No what? With you. Because they just started coaching high school ball. Mm-hmm. One of my partners, right? And working with young folk. And they've been watching the pod, obviously. And I'm going to just say how they said it. They said, man, ask that cat how he do that every day. Like, Ink, how he do that every day? <laughs> Right, I know because exactly they just start. They just start working with young folks, probably in year two. Yeah, right. And they heard you talking. What they heard you say was when I was thirteen and we come into the gym and you did it through high school, working with me. They like, man, ask that cat how he did that every day, because they was like, Ink, I'm looking down the road. I don't know if I can do it <laughs> every day with the different <laughs> dynamics that you have to deal with. Yeah, and so yeah. it's been on my heart and my mind because I wanted to know. I, you know what I'm saying? There's no secret formula. Yeah. I, I don't have no secret formula, no secret fo- sauce for you. Yeah. Outside of it's, it's something that I know for me that I've always wanted to do, that this is what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I think I posted the other day, you know, after somebody done hacked my account. But, oh, yeah, they uh, hacked we got, dog, we're, man. Yeah, But we'll we get to that. <laughs> to answer the question, though, for real, yeah. is whatever you're passionate about, right? That's, 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 your, that's your gift. That's your yeah. mission. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So you do it every day because this is why God sent you here. Yeah. Right? If it's uh, external gratification, then it's going to be external frustration, mm. and they're going to fight each other yeah. to where one day that frustration is going to win and you're going to walk away from it. Mm. Mm. So a lot of people, you know, they get in it because it's cool. They they like it. Yeah. Right? Uh, when I say in it, in terms of coaching or in terms of uh, teaching or whatnot, mm-hmm. see, I got I'm into kids. Then I'm into the development of pressing anyone, myself first, and then everyone else to be their best self. Yeah. That's what that's why you why what I do, yeah. right? So it's only through mathematics. It's only through being a administrator. It's only through coaching that that manifests. It's through this interaction right here that I'm. My press is to um, maybe say something to spark a conversation, to spark a thought for somebody to just press to be better than they were yesterday. No doubt. So that's why I, how I'm able to do it every day. Yeah. Every day in some way. And it's like I'm not thinking about it. Right. I'm not thinking about how hard it is because it's not hard. Right. Right. It, it's not hard mm-hmm. to do what you what you're sent to do. When when it comes to you, like, um, I would be doing it for free, mm. which most of the time, the fact is, I, I've coached 
18 years, I probably got paid like six of those years. Wow. Because that's, I, I literally have done it for free. So I can sit here and say it. No doubt. I do this for free. No question. You know, free in terms of monetary. Right. But my spirit is full. Mm. Every that's time good. I come walk off that football field. That's good. Every time I walk out of that classroom. Last night, my day yesterday, Inc., was this. Mm. Um, Got in traffic, 285, truck burned up on 285, watched the road, sat in traffic for about almost two hours, trying to make it to uh, work. Finally got to work for a minute, but the situation's at at, at uh, the Main Street such that, you know, the kids not there, they're doing virtual. So um, I had some other obligations. Went to lunch, went to lunch with my aunt, caught up with her, yeah. cool. But then I went to football practice. Yeah. So all of the frustration of traffic, all of the frustration of emails, all of the frustration of just mm. those things that I don't really care about, yeah. all went out the window. Mm. Because I got a chance to go on that football field with them 13, 14-year-olds and interact with them and coach football. Yeah. Left there, went and had a tutoring session, taught Algebra 2 for two hours. Mm. Then finally sat down. And when I sat down, I felt so fulfilled because yeah. I did football, I did math. Mm. And I make a conscious decision. So as we were talking about, I started this out with, I start the day out with, trying to get my spirit right, trying to get my mind right. No right? question. No question. I end the day with pouring out my soul, pouring out my everything that's in me, my thoughts or whatever. Man, I hit you up. I hit somebody. Somebody got to talk to me on that phone <laughs> and let me get these thoughts out my head <laughs> so I can lay my head down to rest. No you know, I'm going to hit you up by 1030. Oh, yeah, we get it in. We get it you in. Know? So um, that's nah, it. That's good. That's it. I'm able to do it every day because it's, it feeds me. It fills my cup. Yeah, like I just I I I'm a made I'm I'm made better by doing it. Hmm. It being pouring into young people, pouring into people. Yeah, through mathematics, through football, through basketball, right? Through mentorship, feed. those things that you know they that feed me. So what I would say to folks, man, you you find out what feeds you, right? Some people, some people get down with some smothered pork chops and rice. Some people get down with neck bones. Some people get down with sushi, whatever, yeah. caviar, and all yeah. the other good stuff too. Yeah. Nah, I mean, I just want some a pot of neck bones and some black eyed peas. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. good. You're I'm good. good. You tight work. Yeah. So yeah. whatever it is that feeds you, and I'm not talking about just your stomach, but your mm. soul, your soul, your spirit, your spirit. When you figure that out and walk in that every day, bro. Yeah. You ain't got time for negativity. Mm. You ain't got time for the ills of the world. You really can show up your best self. Yeah. You really can show up your best self because you figured out what feeds you. No doubt. So that's where we are, man. I um, I heard a journalist as a physician, just as an extension of what you just spoke of. He said, um, how do you do your job every single day? Knowing that you could possibly come into the hospital, come mm -hmm. into a clinic, an office, and contract COVID and take it back home to your family. And the physician looked at him, right? And the journalist said, how do you do your job every single day? Knowing that you could possibly contract COVID, take it back home to your family. Mm -hmm. Physician said, job? Journalist was like, yeah, your job. No. Physician said, job? And journalist was like, yeah, your job. You being sarcastic? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not being sarcastic. He said, I don't view it as a job. Right. He says, my calling. My mission, my purpose. So, so the opposition, adversity, 
don't matter. I'm going to do what I do because yeah. I feel like I've been called to do it. Mm-hmm. And so whatever is on the other side of that, I'm going to come in every single day and I'm going to serve simply because I feel as if this is what I've been put on this earth to do. Right? Like speaking for me is what I feel like I've been put on this earth. To it, do. it is. Because in eighth grade, you, yeah. you mumble mouth. Mumble <laughs> <laughs> So, no so God oh, is real. No. Hey, God is very real. <laughs> hey, look, God is so real. Right. Hey, oh, I remember my dad, he looked at me one day and was like, I was looking at him, he was like, man, how you speak? <laughs> I remember you couldn't even talk, right? Yeah. And I couldn't. They put me in public speaking for real, man, at Tennessee. Yeah. Because, you know, I came up there talking that straight Atlanta slang. You know what I mean? They like, no, Inky, we don't know what you mean. You're not mm-hmm. saying anything. Yeah. And so when I step on the stage and I walk into a room, I'm thinking like, man, like I never imagined this. Like never saw it. Mm-hmm. Never. That's why I can never take what I do for granted. Right. That's why I can never step on the stage and be like, I'm in here now. Because I know no. it's not by my might or my power. Because anybody that know me coming up, mumble, didn't talk much. Couldn't talk. And so when I walk into a room, I remember I spoke one day and I was like, man, it felt like something came out of me. <laughs> you know, I'm dead serious, right? I was backstage trying to figure it out, man. But like, I could never take what I do for granted. And I got a heavy level of reverence and respect for it mm-hmm. because it feeds me. Like, I yeah. really feel as if this is what the creator put me on this earth to do. One point, I thought it was ball. Right. I really right. did. Like, I thought. God put me on this earth to play that game called football, institution of it. I loved it. And when it ended, I wasn't searching so much for just a career. Mm-hmm. I needed the level of fulfillment. I needed that. Yeah. And I'll never forget speaking in Mississippi, backwoods in Mississippi in a barn. And when I stepped off that stage and I got back to Atlanta and I came in the house probably like 3 in the morning, Allison Grandma House, 122, yeah. right? And I walked in there. Allison was up. She was like, how did it go? I was like, it went great. She was like, what you get? I wasn't even charging to speak then. I ain't right. had no contract, no nothing. I'm just going. Yeah. She yeah. like, what you get? What they give you? I was like, they gave me this cool coffee mug. And she looked at me. She was like, you sure this is what God called you to do? I was like, yeah, I think so. She's like, all right, go for it. But I felt it. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I yeah. felt it. I knew. Like, God put it in me. As soon as I walked off, I ain't get no money. I ain't get no check. I ain't get no honorarium. Get nothing but a coffee mug. But I felt it. Like, when they gave me the coffee mug, they could have gave me $100,000. Right? I felt it. Yeah. Right? In my heart, I felt it. Right? It's like when you tell a, a coach sometimes, cats coach, and they work with people, and you tell them, like, hey, bro, you got to stop coaching with your head all the time. You got to coach with your heart, right? In essence, saying you got to feel it sometimes. Mm -hmm. You got to know. You got to feel it. When you feel it, you know. And so when you say that, I feel feel where you're coming from, picking up what you're putting down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I don't want it to seem, you know, easy or esoteric or we just out there. Like, it's real. Absolutely. It's real. If you think about anything you've done in your life, that when you got through doing it, you may be, you were physically tired. Right. Because I look back uh, and, and and be like, man, we would be out here in 90 degree weather, mm-hmm. running these hills, yeah. 
knocking each other upside the head, yeah. falling on the ground. Man, if yeah. I fell on the ground right now, yeah. it'd take me two weeks to get up, dog. <laughs> if I fail. If you fail, if, man. Whoa, Nelly, y'all had to come get yeah, me. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> no, no, uh, but but we did that because it was the you got the joy from it. Right. But it fed you. Absolutely. Right? If you're not doing something that feeds you, like if you're eating empty calories, mm. it's not how is that beneficial for your body? Wow. Right? Yeah. So if you're doing something and it's not feeding your spirit. Then I'm not saying don't earn your check. I'm not saying don't earn your living. You know, make do, do what you got to do. Absolutely. But at the same time, life is just so much better Mm -hmm. when you can figure out and do at least 15 minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, three hours, let alone if you can spend most of your day doing what feeds your spirit. Absolutely. You're almost in heaven, man. You're almost in heaven. Cats come up to me oftentimes. Oh, I met a cat yesterday. Yeah. I want to speak, man. I want to do what you do. Right? I'm like, cool. I don't want to do it because I do it. Right. Because you want to do it. But why do you want to do it? You make some great money. They're right. You're not. That's true. (laughs) That's true. You can. I ain't going to tell you you can't. But if that's your only reason for wanting to do it, Mm -hmm. you're not going to last long. Because in any career, in anything, I feel as if it's a right to pass it. You got to go through something, right? You got to go through a time period that's going to see, the creator going to see, are you true to what you say you're true to? Mm -hmm. Do you really want it the way you say you want it? I tell cats all the time, right? If I get on the stage and I'm speaking or we go on a world tour and you speaking for money and I'm doing what I do because I love it, yeah, I'm going to annihilate you. I'm going to annihilate you every day of the week Mm -hmm. because your passion, your excellence, your greatness is predicated upon if you get the number you want. Money is a number. Numbers never end. And so if your happiness, if your greatness and excellence is predicated upon a number, you'll never catch it. Numbers never stop. Right. Right. But if I'm doing it based upon I love what I'm doing, I understand the impact that it can have on Mm -hmm. other people. Like I'll never say, man, I changed that person's life. No, I never take credit for that. Right. I can't change somebody's life. If I say a word that spark a thought that make you have dialogue and you go back and do your transformation and you change your life. Bravo, man. Double salute. I appreciate it. If I say I change your life, that's ego. All day. Ain't change your life. You know what I'm saying? And So when I do what I do and I understand the importance and the impact that's attached to it and that feeds me, my perspective about what I do is different. You know as well as I do, perspective drives performance. Mm-hmm. How we view what we do will always affect and impact how we do what we do. Yeah. So, so yeah. So man. you want to you want to get into this uh, this rapid fire, man? Or you got that segment that uh, we spoke about? No, no, no. We gonna rapid fire it up real quick. Rapid fire it up. I I shoot you by two, three, whatever. You ready for it? Um. Uh, I got I got some words for you today. So no. Yeah. First one. Ten four, boss. Stress. What I'm not gonna have. <laughs> Why and how? Well, I'm not gonna have <laughs> I'm not gonna have stress because I'm I understand it's a me issue. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna be worried because I know who I can change. Mm. 
I know what I can do to make it better, make it worse. Everything I is in my hands. Yeah. Stress for me comes when I'm worrying about if somebody else gonna be on time. Yeah. When I'm worried about if somebody else gonna say the right thing. When I'm worried about if somebody else gonna do the right thing. Yeah. Right. No, I'm worried about me. Mm. So then I go through the proper steps as we talked about at the beginning. I'm gonna get try to get my mind right in the morning, get my spirit right in the morning. Yeah. Get my spirit right before I lay down at night. So I am the one who is able to uh, control, if you will, not necessarily what happens to me, but mm-hmm. I am able to control how I feel about it. Yes, sir. So I am of the mindset, I ain't finna be straight, man. Yeah. I'm too old for that now. I got you. So uh, it's ain't one word, but mm-hmm. uh, black lives matter. Yes, sir. Um, truth. Very much so. And um, I think oftentimes people misconstrue or confuse uh, the statement. Mm-hmm. And so when they hear Black Lives Matter, I think oftentimes the response of those that oppose the saying is all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's something that's like already known. But right. when we're speaking to Black Lives Matter, we're talking about specific issues that's going on in the world that's affecting and impacting the black race. And oftentimes, I think that gets glanced over for whatever reason, whether it be by, you know, choice, force, whatever, right? right. But right. oftentimes when we hear Black Lives Matter, people respond and say, well, all lives matter, people that oppose the saying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that's something that's already known. But when we speak Black Lives Matter, when you look at the world and what's been going on over the past couple of years, things that's been impacting and affecting the black race is the reason why we say Black Lives Matter. And so it's something that's truthful, something that's extremely important. And I think something that oftentimes get downplayed based upon what the black race is dealing with. Yeah. I got one for you. Civil rights. Hmm. What I think of. Um, here in Atlanta, Georgia, where we are, mm-hmm. uh, I think of Jose Williams, Joseph P. Lyra, uh, James Orange, mm-hmm. a lot of those unsung heroes. Then I think of uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, mm-hmm. Mega Evers. Mm-hmm. And I'm naming these people because um, they are unsung because we can sometimes um, make make light of civil rights by kind of just putting a, a lot of emphasis on those figures at the top. Right. And and not necessarily looking at a data the day-to-day issues. Right. The day-to-day feelings that people had. See, like to me, civil rights is um you know, somebody like uh, Ronald Graham. Civil rights is um, 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 Bessie Smith. Mm-hmm. Civil, these people who, somebody name is Bessie Smith. Right. Somebody name is Ronald Graham. Now, I happen to know Ronald Graham, you know, that my own person. But I'm calling out names to where they lived a life day in and day out to where, you know, they didn't have the rights to use the same restroom. 
They didn't have the rights to go to the same water fountain. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to go to your same water fountain. But how does that, and what does that does do to a person's uh, psyche yeah, man. and the trauma that it creates? Absolutely. Day in and day out, right? Yeah. So when I hear civil rights, I don't necessarily think about the policies and getting the quote-unquote right to vote. What bothers me or what I think about is what must it feel like not to have the right to vote? Mm. Yeah, right. Man. Absolutely. Because this this was this was our people's reality. Yeah, man. Right. Absolutely. Day in and day out, every at every turn, something was hitting them across the head. Sometimes, mm-hmm. literally, letting them know that there was a fight that they had to have just to just to be seen and viewed within themselves mm. as a whole complete man or woman. Yes, sir. Right. So this psychological effect, this traumatic effect that, you know, the lack of civil rights had Mm -hmm. is where my mind goes. Right. So the fight to get it. Wonderful. Great. Appreciate it. You know, can't say enough about it. Mm -hmm. Yet my mind still goes back to how wonderful and powerful those people, our people are and were who who never experienced it. Yeah, man. Strong. Like we 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 gonna take for granted that strong you hope. saw Barack Obama be the president of the United strong. States, right? Strong. But what about that brother that that died in 1953? Mm. Yeah, that never even conceived of yeah a black man being the president of the United States. Yes, so like and then now not not to go on and on, but then now take what is it that they taught their child? Yeah, and they taught their children. Juxtaposed to now, your children, mm-hmm. right? Don't know nothing but Barack Obama being president of the United States. Yes, sir. So how is that going to affect the generation after the generation after the generation? Mm-hmm. Yes, we can get into the politics of the matter. I don't can you know, right. I, I, me personally, that's not my thing. Okay. What I'm into is like, how does it affect us going forward mm-hmm. in terms of what we teach, or it just in how young people view themselves? Absolutely. And there's some pluses and minuses to that, but we'll get into that later in terms of these, um, you know, young people having mm-hmm. a lot more rights, yeah, you know, a lot more uh, freedoms, mm-hmm. opportunities to view the world and, and whatnot. And, of course, there's some pluses and minuses. But back civil rights, it for me, it's just how wonderful and strong people are, our people are and were who did not get a chance to experience really what it meant to live in America with civil rights. Yeah. You, um, I just want to touch on this real quick before we do my last word, but I'll never forget you saying, just speaking to the dynamics of the brother that probably never seen a Barack Obama could fathom that, to now kids and living in a world to where that's all people know. Yeah. I'll never forget you saying to me, always challenge and question what you think you know to be true. Right. Always challenge and question what you think, you know, to be true, because you want to see if the information. Right. If the knowledge base, if the wisdom that you have still applies to the current day and time. Right. In the situation exactly. and circumstances that we're being faced with in this world. Yeah. So yeah. I never forgot that. Is literally are you walking in your in your principle or your preference? Yes, sir. Your your preference is going to change over time. Your principles are your principles are your principles. Absolutely. Redemption. Uh, it makes me think about the quote 
change is hard at first, messy in the middle, beautiful in the end. Because oftentimes we talk redemption. When you hear the word redemption, um, I think personally process, journey, right? Like I always say to people, blessings on the journey. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think redemption is something that at one point or another, like we'll all come to that space and place in our lives with situation, with circumstances, and with things that we encounter, right? The road to redemption. I just think about process, change is hard at first, messy in the middle, beautiful in the end. Because when we encounter things, we all will need a certain level of redemption at a certain space and place in our lives. And so I often associate it with grace. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Redemption and grace. Yeah. So we done got to the end of this one, I believe, boss. Yes, sir. You don't you don't talk me and got me down the road a little farther. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I believe I made a little better. Yeah. I, for that, I appreciate you. Likewise, man. All love. Uh, Love is love. I was looking at you in your eye and feeling you in my heart, man. Yes, sir. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Doc. Tenfold. Yeah. Appreciate you guys' time. Appreciate your support. We greatly appreciate it. Blessings on the journey, man. Peace. Peace.